Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. The Exodus is our brand new series about God's salvation coming through in a time when people are scared and vulnerable. In the series, we also look at questions about finding our identity, our purpose in life, and how to find hope in unprecedented times. Join us in this epic journey where we will discover redemption, identity, and hope. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. For more information, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. Hi, City Hill. This is the last chapter of our series and our book in the book of Exodus. So we're looking at Exodus 40. This is the grand finale in the story of the people of God in the book of Exodus. So we are in Exodus 40. I'm going to be reading a little bit of it, not all of it, but uh, do follow me. As we know that the people of God have been journeying with God from slavery, really, from Egypt. They have been rescued by God. God has led them. He's brought them to the mountain. And now God is giving them instructions to build a tabernacle. And they're just about to build a tabernacle. The Bible tells us here in Exodus 40 that they build a tabernacle. They establish it. And then all of a sudden, something amazing happens. And that is the glory of God comes upon the tabernacle. And God, for the, for the first time, they're able to see the presence of God in a much closer way than ever before. Unlike on the mountain where they could see from a distance, now the presence of God here is here. The, the, the Shekinah glory of God is dwelling amongst the people of God. And they see a cloud covering the whole tabernacle. And even Moses could not even enter the tent to come and minister because of the thickness and the, the intensity of the presence of God. And that's where we're going to be looking at. So I'm just going to read a bit of Exodus 40 and we're going to crack on. Exodus 40 verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of the, of the meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel will set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your power. We thank you so much that you dwell, Lord, you, you tabernacle in, in, in your people and amongst your people. We thank you that even right now, as this message is being preached, you, Lord, make your residence among us. And I pray today that we might feel your presence, whether we are seated somewhere watching this on TV or on our computers, iPad, on our phones. I pray today, may we feel your presence right now. May your glory shine, Lord, <laughs> in our hearts right now. May we feel the fire of God burn in our hearts right now. I ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There are four things I want to look at today. The first one is the glory of God tasted. The second one is the glory of God hidden. 
The third one is the glory of God anticipated. And the fourth one is the glory of God revealed. The glory of God tasted. You do realize that this is not the first time God comes to dwell with his people. This is being God's pattern throughout from the time of creation. You do realize that uh, when God created the whole universe, the heavens and the earth and everything that we see around us and all the things that we cannot see, God chose the Garden of Eden to be a place where he will dwell with his people. He chose this man, Adam and Eve, to be the people that God will commune with and spend time with. He will visit them and he will spend time with them. He will communicate with them. So, so the, the Shekinah, the glory of God, the, the very presence of God was with man in the garden. And then sin entered the world. And when that happened, it meant that the glory was lifted. All of a sudden, man was seeking God in various ways, trying to say, God, we want you to come and and dwell among us again. And we pick up in Exodus 24 later on that on the mountain, as Moses is leading the people of God on this journey to the promised land, on the mountain, Mount Sinai, all of a sudden, a surprise takes place. The glory of God comes to dwell on the mountain to a point that the people of God distance themselves. This is something, it's a sight and a scene that you don't want to come anywhere near to touch and feel and taste it because what is happening here is that God in his majesty and glory has just come down on earth. God is on this mountain to a point that Moses is the only one who is allowed to go and spend time with God. And everyone is watching, witnessing what's going to happen with Moses as he goes up the mountain to spend time with the Lord. I'm sure even in Moses' heart, he probably was thinking, I just wish God won't find anything wrong with me. This is so, it's so intense right now that I don't know if I'm going to survive this glory of God. And he is able to encounter God and he comes down from the mountain and his face is shining with the glory of God. And people are like, what did the Lord say? Because they've just witnessed the most amazing thing in Exodus 24 with God meeting with them, but also seeing the glory of God come. But this is just a taste of the glory of God. We're picking it up now in Exodus 14. The people of God have just built this beautiful tabernacle. All of a sudden, they've just managed to put it together after they'd been instructed for a long time by God to build a tabernacle. Now, suddenly, it has been built. And the tabernacle with its outer court and there's a bronze altar, which is the altar of of sacrifice, which is where the the burnt sacrifice before God are done on this altar to atone for the sin of the people. And there's this basin where the priest will cleanse themselves and wash themselves before they enter into the holy place. And also they will wear their robes. So, and then they will anoint the whole place. Everything will be anointed and they will enter the place, the, 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 the holy place. And as you enter the holy place, what you find in the holy place, you find this table of, of showbread, uh, which is, uh, is where the bread has been put. But also on the opposite that is the lampstand, which is the beautiful golden lampstand, which looks so majestic and so beautiful. And then you have this golden altar of incense and the incense burning all the time, the fragrance of this worship that's going up to God. But there is another place that you have to enter, 
from the holy place. You enter the holy of holies. And as you enter, only the priest, the high priest is supposed to enter. Is the ark of the covenant that the people of God have been able to put together. Is in there in the holy of holies. Hey, no man dares to enter in there. Only the high priest, once here, he's able to enter in there. And Moses and the people are able to finally build the tabernacle. And having built it, they anoint it and they wait. And all of a sudden, the glory of God comes. And just the Shekinah, the presence, the, dwell, the, the very dwelling of God is with man for a first time in a long time. Because now they are seeing God not just on a mountain somewhere. They are seeing God now in the midst of his people. He comes to tabernacle with them. But you also pick up the glory of God again. Not in the tabernacle. But later in the temple. In the temple... Solomon builds this beautiful temple, this majestic, beautiful building, and he does everything as the Lord commanded him on how to build the temple. And then finally, what happens is that the glory of God comes and settles in the temple. And the Bible says, says like Moses who could not enter because of the thick cloud and the glory of God that had covered the tabernacle, the priests in First Kings 8 could not even enter because the presence of God was so thick to worship and to minister because the glory of God was there. But this is just a taste of the glory of God. There's so much more to expect and to see of the, the beauty and the majesty of God coming to dwell and to tabernacle among his people. This is just a taste of it. You might think, Fisi, this is great because what we are hearing here is something that is that that is so glorious and so big, and you know, it's it's a sight that would be it's like seeing something you've never seen before. I'm sure it would have been quite shocking. It would have been frightening. That's why the people of God could not even look at it because it was too radiant and too glorious. But it, even this was just a taste. There was something else to come. Because you hear from the prophet Haggai who says the glory of this present temple, referring to the temple of Solomon, will be surpassed by the glory that is yet to come in the latter temple. So that means there is another beauty, there is another display, there's something bigger that's yet to come, which is God dwelling even much more present than he is right now. But then another prophet Habakkuk says, no, there's going to come a day when the whole earth, not just a temple, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There's going to come a time where the glory of God is not just going to be something that you see over there, a glimpse of something that you, you, you taste a little bit of, but actually it's going to be everywhere. It's going to fill the whole earth this is prophetically speaking into what is yet to come. But where we are now in Exodus is that God comes in for the first time. God has an address here on earth. The very God who's big and great and majestic, who cannot be contained by anyone, by any media, by any source, by any form of uh, you know, you know, human agent, 
God cannot be contained. He cannot be contained by the universe. He far surpasses the universe way out of time. He's the one who created everything, the heavens, the earth, the seas, and everything in them. He's powerful, majestic. He created the planets and all that we see around us. That very God is able to have an address. He's able to rest in tabernacle amongst his people. He has this address now in the tabernacle. But actually what you are picking up here is that also... The tabernacle doesn't go anywhere until God moves. It says until the cloud lifts off the tabernacle and moves, the people are not able to move. Let me ask you a question. Are you, how do do we make decisions in our lives? Do we go ahead of God and, and make decisions and then ask God, God, come with your glory and bless the decisions that I'm making here because I'm leading you. I'm going before you. I just want to do this. You bless that. I just want to do that. You bless that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do that. Open this door, that door. Pray and then seek your face and say, Lord, bless that. Or do you say, God, I want you to guide me to go before me first because I want to follow you. As believers, Christ followers, we follow God. We go where he goes. Where the glory goes, that's where we go. And that's the case here with the people of God. It's like they're not trying to lead God. They've been led by God. Let us be led by God every day of our lives. In the morning when you wake up and say, Lord, would you lead me right now? Right now, as you're about to make decisions, say, Lord, would you lead me right now? In the future, while thinking about your kids and their future, say, Lord, lead my kids right now. May I not be the ultimate leader in this household. I want you to be the leader. And may I follow you and my prayer would be, Lord, guide me and lead me every step of the way. That I might not just go ahead and make decisions and ask me you to come and bless the decisions I've made. But actually to say that, Lord, I need you to help me to make the right decisions. The people of God will not go anywhere unless the Lord moves. God moves, they follow God. And we are Christ followers. We follow Christ. A Christian is not just someone who just gave their lives to Jesus. A Christian is someone who follows. Christ is our Lord and not just our Savior. So whatever he he says, we do. Whatever he sends us, we go. And sometimes that can feel really hard because we often have our own agendas, isn't it? We think, okay, I just want this to happen in my life. I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray for God to bless it. Hey, let God lead us. This was just a taste of the glory of God. They tasted what God would do. But it's so much more than that. Because when you look at in the the New Testament, you realize that God doesn't have an address in a tent. The Bible tells us in John, in John 1, even as you pick up John 1, 14, it says the word became flesh and did what? Tabernacles among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Son, full of grace and truth, who is now the display of the glory of God. Where does God dwell in the New Testament? God dwells in Christ. God is in Christ. Jesus Christ is the full, is the display of the glory of God. So number one, we get to in the Old Testament, see how the people of God tasted. Number two, the glory of God in Christ, hidden. Because you wouldn't, people around the time where Christ was walking the earth, they wouldn't see Jesus and all of a sudden think, wow, look at that cloud 
and look at that fire. I'm going to run away. No, they never did that. It was, it was hidden, but it was in there. Because Jesus was the true tabernacle. He was the true temple. What do I mean by that? Jesus was a place where God and man came together and dwelled together. He was the fullness of the deity of God. He was also the fullness of man come together in one man, Jesus Christ. And he was the display of the glory of God. But it wasn't like when people like Moses saw the glory of God in the, in the tabernacle, they ran away and think, oh, no, I don't want to see that. People didn't just suddenly see Jesus around the corner and everyone's running around and just trying to hide. No, if anything, this was a very attractive glory. People would gather around him to a point that sometimes he would say, I need to go to the other side because the crowd was just pressing in and pressing in. Except for, there's an exception here. The Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus Christ is here with his three disciples on the mountain. He's there with Moses and Elijah, who just suddenly appear before him. And the disciples, the three disciples are wondering what's going on here. They've never seen anything like this before. And they're wondering, whoa, we are seeing Elijah. Elijah has come back. And we are seeing Moses suddenly appear, and that's Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus' face became radiant. The glory of God was suddenly revealed. This was the great, this is the glimpse of the glory of God. It's hidden, but this is the, the most amazing, greatest glimpse you would ever see and hear of the glory of God here on earth in the man Jesus Christ because his face shone like like a light and people could not even look at him. All of a sudden, they knew that this is not like any other person. A cloud came and just engulfed the people who were there and Jesus as well and Elijah and Moses. Do you know what Peter said? Peter said, Jesus, this is the most spectacular scene I've ever seen in my life. Here is the glory. The first thing that I need to do now is, why don't I just build a tent for you, a tent for Elijah and a tent for Moses? What's he saying? Peter is understanding that every time the glory comes, there has to be a tabernacle for the glory to dwell. So what Peter is doing is he's just applying what he's read in the Old Testament. He's just saying, we need to contain this glory. But you do realize that this is not how it works. Jesus himself is the tabernacle where the glory of God dwells. And you cannot put any other tabernacle. There is no tent. And Jesus is drawing people not to the temple where people go and worship. He's drawing people to himself. He says, I am the one, the full display of God, the full display of the glory of God. That's why later on, he says, I will destroy this temple in John and I'll rebuild it in three days. By that, he was referring to his body, a temple. His body is a temple where God and man come together. The glory of God is revealed in Jesus Christ, but it's hidden in a way that we cannot fully see it as it's, we're supposed to see it. But then in John 17, Jesus says, Lord, he's praying to his father. He says, Father, you have revealed your glory to me. 
I've seen your glory. I've tasted of your glory. But what about them? May they also share my glory with me. Who is he referring to? He's referring to the church. He's referring to the people of God. And number three, the glory of God anticipated. As Jesus is saying that, he knows that the church is going to be that new temple where God dwells by his spirit, where the glory of God dwells. That Jesus, when he goes to heaven, now the glory of God dwells in his people, the church. That's where the glory of God dwells. You read that when you read in Ephesians 2. And this is what he says, Ephesians 2 verse 21. It says, in whom, it, says, it talks about Christ Jesus himself being our, the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in him, sorry, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What's he saying there? That we have become that tabernacle where God dwells with his glory, where the glory of God, the Shekinah, is in our midst. But actually, we live with this anticipation of the fullness of the glory of God. Because what we've seen in Jesus was just hidden so that one day it will be revealed. But we, the church, is living with this anticipation that one day what Habakkuk was talking about, that the earth will be filled with the glory of God. We live with that anticipation every day of our lives. You say, come Lord Jesus, come. When we say that, we are basically saying, reveal your glory, O Lord. Reveal your glory. And in the church where the glory of God is revealed, the, the church becomes the temple where God dwells by the Spirit. And without this cornerstone, this capstone, Jesus Christ, the church cannot stand. But like the tabernacle that we just read about in Exodus 40, the church is a holy place where God dwells by His Spirit. Moses tells everyone that we need to anoint this tabernacle first before the glory comes, they anoint the tabernacle, they make it holy, they consecrate it. The priests are supposed to wash themselves because the place where we are right now is holy ground. Let me tell you this. God is holy. Anything unclean, anything unholy doesn't go anywhere near God. That's why the priests have to cleanse themselves before they enter. We too are to do away with sin and also to embrace the holiness of God. Because the church is a holy people. That means to make this place where God dwells now, which is not a physical address anymore, which is a people together. It's not a hotel or a place where we meet. It's not a, a building somewhere. The, 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 the temple of God is now the people of God coming together. It's holy because God is holy. But if there are things in the church or there are things in our hearts as those who are the bearers of the presence of God, the spirit of God, we need to deal with them. Unforgiveness, let's deal with it. Manipulation, let's deal with that. Deceit, idolatry, 
sexual sin, malice. We are a people of repentance. We repent and we say, Lord, we need you. We need your glory right now. Come and shine in our hearts right now and reveal your glory in us. Is anyone you need to forgive? Do it. So that the glory of God will shine. Is there repentance you need to make? Do it. Father, open our hearts right now. Open our hearts that we might be a people of repentance. That we might understand your holiness. That we might understand that the church is a holy people. I pray may we be holy. Just as you are holy. But the church is also a community. It's no longer a building or a place or a temple. The church is a community. It consists of Filipinos, Indians, Brits, Americans, Africans, Pakistanis, Russians, you name it. People from all over the world. We, City Hill, as a diverse community, is a beautiful display of the temple of God where God dwells by his spirit is being completely redefined because we are now not a building but a community but we are an incredibly diverse community consisting of people all over the world and in the same way as God built the tabernacle with such great detail and made it look beautiful the beauty and the the display of what God is doing around the world is revealed in the church when Filipinos Indians Africans come together into this beautiful community where the spirit of God dwells that's who we are as a people of God but also there's a sacrifice we don't just come into God without sacrifice but our sacrifice is Jesus Christ in the same way as the the, the altar of sacrifice was there the the, the, the bronze altar where people will sacrifice and atone for the sin for their sin through this Lamb that they'll put on display to be burnt for their sins to be forgiven. We also have Jesus Christ. He is our lamb. He is the one who was slain for our sin. He is our sacrifice that enables us to enter into the holy place before God. But not just Jesus. We, we also are called through Jesus Christ to be a holy people but they live in sacrifice also where we give ourselves, we offer our hearts, not a dead sacrifice because Jesus is the one who fulfilled that for us, but we are living sacrifice. We offer everything before God, holy and pleasing to God. We want to please God because he first saved us and rescued us. We also have communion with God. Even as you enter the tabernacle and you, there's a, a table called a table of showbread where the bread is put there. It's a place of communion. We fellowship with God. Even as we do communion, I just want to encourage you. It's not just a ritual or something that we do on a Friday because, you know, we cannot observe sacraments. No, this is a time where we say, Lord, we want to be with you. We want to have this deep, close relationship with you. And I just want to encourage you. That's what it's all about. It's about the relationship with God. It's about this community where God is there with us and dwells among his people. Let's have an incredible intimacy with God and commune with God. And then there's a lampstand. We are a light 
of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The church shines because the light of God is in our hearts, because God through the Spirit has put a light in our hearts, that that light is to not only shine in our hearts, but is a light that is to shine in our city because God wants to shine his light around the world through the church. In this temple, in the church, the light, the display of the beauty and glory of God and the light of God is to shine not only in the church but throughout the city because God has called his church the light. Let me ask you, are you a light? Are our deeds reflective of that? Do we show that we are the light of the world wherever we are? Is the light shining in your workplace because you are there? Is our light shining at, at our homes because we are there? Let us shine the light of Christ wherever we are because God is calling us to be a people of light. But we also priests. We are priests because we minister before God. We come before God and we bring, the, sum up the praises of creation and bring that before God. We intercede for our city. We intercede for our friends. We intercede for people around us. We pray and come before God on behalf of others. We say we stand in the gap on your behalf before God because we believe that God hears us. In the same way as the priest will enter the holy place, we enter into the presence of God and we bring the glory of God before God and say, Lord, we sum up the praises of creation and we say now, Lord, hear the cries of your people. Hear the world right now, Lord, with this coronavirus. Lord, we ask right now, heal the world. It is the church that cries out. It is the church that cries out when there's a typhoon in the Philippines. It is the church that cries out to God and say, Lord, we stand in the gap on behalf of the Philippines. It is the church that cries out for India when they, during the elections and what's happening up in Jammu in Kashmir. It is the church that cries out on behalf of that nation. The church is this wonderful company of priests who bring the praises and also the needs of the people of the world before God. But also we have a high priest who stands in the presence of God in where the Ark of the Covenant is before God and he is the one who is closer to God and now everything that we pray, Jesus Christ God cannot say no to Jesus. The father says, this is my son. I'm always pleased with him. And he will always have his way. But also, we are a worshiping community. Even as there was this golden altar of incense, the incense burning all the time before God, we are a people of worship. We worship God with all our hearts. Our lives, our worship, our everything is about worship with God. We all are worshippers. Whether you are Christian or you're not Christian, we all are worshippers. The question is, who do you worship and what do you worship? As Christians, we worship God. And I just want to say, let worship begin to flow from within you. And let worship go out and up to God on a daily basis. Sometimes even when you are really finding really difficult to survive, do you know what you can do? When you are going through a hard time, why don't you worship? Why don't you worship God right now? Paul was in prison with Silas and the thing that he did in prison that the Bible records is that he worshipped. And all of a sudden, the prison doors flung open. 
Do you want the prison doors in your life to open up for you to walk free? Free from some of the things that are holding you back? Why don't you become this fragrance of glory before God? Make worship a priority in your life. It's not just about hearing the word and listening to the latest idea or the most uh, creative thing about God. It's about worship. Let us be sitting here like worshiping people. That's my desire and my longing that I have in my heart. But these were just a company of slaves. There were people who had just worshipped a golden calf. There were people who had no power, but the power was in God. And there were not many, but God wasn't interested in them because they were numerous, but because he loved them. They are now set free, no longer slaves, but free in God. These are people now who have been rescued from idolatry and been brought before God. So when they become a temple, it's not that they were sorted all of a sudden. God sorted them out and created them to be a temple in the same way as God is the one who's sorting us out and is creating a beautiful display of the glory of God here on earth. But we look forward to the day when the glory will be fully revealed. Number four, the future glory. If you read in Revelations 21, Revelations is telling us that now, finally, we're not just anticipating the glory anymore. We're not just seeing glimpses of the glory of God revealed like on the Mount of Transfiguration. We're not just seeing the glory of God and tasting it just on the mountain or in the, t- in, in the tab- tabernacle or in the temple. We are seeing the fullness, the full display in Revelations of the glory of God. And church, one day this glory will be fully revealed and God will dwell with his people finally and he will be our God and we will be his people forever. And I just want to read for you to understand what I mean by the fullness of the glory of God. That means the Shekinah, the dwelling of God finally. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Chapter 21. For the first heaven and the And the earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Verse nine. Then came one of the seven angels who has seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down again out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most gradual, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It, it had a great high wall with 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, on the, gates the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. 
verse 22. And I saw no temple (laughs) in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, the Lamb, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its Lamb is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And his gate will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will, they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life will be able to see the glory of God. We are people of glory and we shine the glory of God, but we also look forward to the full display of the glory of God. This is the climax of the story of the people of God. The glory of God is the greatest blessing that the people of God would ever have. And let us be a people who seek after the glory of God. Let us be a place where God dwells by his spirit. Let us be a place where God is beautiful, where for all to see. Let us be a place where the light of God will shine. Let us be a place where holiness is found. Let us be a place where communion with God. Let us be a place of worship with God. And let us be a place where we are a sacrifice before God with all our lives. We say, it's all yours, Lord. Why don't you tell him now, Jesus It's all about you. We give ourselves to you. Lead us, guide us. You don't need less of the church during this hard time. You need more of the church because that's where his glory dwells. You don't need, because you don't need less of the glory of God. We need more of the glory of God. Let's press in. Let's press into what God is doing here and let's pursue the glory of God. The people of God were able to complete their journey and enter into the promised land, the place they had been anticipated to see for a long time, purely because they were guided by God. Let us be a people led by the Spirit. I just want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you help us as individuals, but also together as a church, your temple, to know who you've called us to be, the light of the world, a people of holiness, a people of sacrifice, a people, Lord, of communion, a people, Lord, of worship. And I pray today that by your spirit, would you come and dwell in our hearts. Lord, may we, like Christ, reflect God in us. That when we come together, whether it's on Zoom or church online, may people see Jesus in us. May they see the glory. May we feel the presence of God in us. I pray in every home right now that the glory of God will shine. I pray, Lord, for those who have found it difficult over this season, that they will start worshiping, that worship will resonate from their hearts, that people will say, my soul, you are not going to be quiet during this season. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. I pray today that people's souls will not forget the benefits of the Lord, what the Lord has done in their lives before. I pray today that you reveal yourself in us and in our hearts, that we might know this is where God dwells. And where God is, there is freedom and blessing 
and truth and grace and justice and love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Exodus series. To find out more about City Hill, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. We'd love to hear from you.